Like you have to invest in your people. And if the bulk of them are in the front line, you have to be a front line minded company. We invest heavy into our people, mm-hmm. lots of training and not just in uh, restoration training, leadership and development training. Welcome to the Claims Clinic. Why don't you have a seat and show me where it hurts? Are you feeling depreciated? Has your HCV policy left you with a self-insured penalty? Having trouble with your GPP? Don't worry, you'll be just fine. The doctor will see you now. Thank you, Nurse Natalie. And thank you for coming to the Claim Clinic. My name is Andy McCabe. I am the Claim Doctor. I'm glad you found us. I'm excited to share the knowledge and insights from the legends of the restoration and disaster recovery world with you. I encourage you to join us at the website, that is theclaim.clinic, for up-to-date news and valuable resources and tools to help your business. I also encourage you to leave some feedback here, as well as at the iTunes store. That's how people are going to find us, and we're going to spread the word about the Claim Clinic nationwide. Thanks for joining us. Let's get down to business. All right. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Good. You, Andy? Doing well this morning. Doing well. You're over in Ottawa, right? Yes, sir. So last time we spoke, uh, we had some we had some audio difficulties, so we're re-recording. But last time we spoke, it was negative 28 degrees over there. It's a little warmer now, but it is still kind of quasi-snowing and raining today. Unbelievable. I'm, oh, I'm getting spoiled in Oregon, man. It's beautiful <laughs> weather over here. I'm kind of worried, man. Uh, if the weather holds like this for a couple more weeks, as soon as we hit April, warm weather is going to come and flooding's galore. Uh, well, we have it a- just keeps us busier, doesn't it? That's it, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, for everyone out there, uh, this is the Claims Clinic. Thanks for coming in. I've got Kevin Dooley on the line with the managing partner with the Dry Tech Group. Kevin, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, um, as, as mentioned managing partner at the Dry Tech Group, and we're basically an outsourced supplier to help give um, capability and scale to restoration companies um, through education, equipment, consulting, and things like that. So you guys get the big trucks with full of equipment, and people need you. They, you, they pick up the phone, and you drive to them. Exactly. So we got equipment all over uh, Canada and throughout the U.S., and uh, we respond uh, to large events or specialty, large losses anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Nice. Now, I understand your dad does some education. Is that true? Did he have some classes? Definitely. Um, he's He's been uh, hitting hitting it hard since the late 90s. Um, he's an Iron Man in the training world for us. He's, uh, he's on the road 40-plus weeks a year. It's pretty wild. Kudos wow. to him. Wow. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of great feedback from people who have taken his courses. Uh, so he's doing, he's doing a lot of great things. All right, let's get right into equipment. A uh, question I had and a question a lot of people might have is, especially when they're starting out in this industry, do I need to have an inventory full of this big equipment or do I need to have a, a ton of equipment? Is more having more equipment better uh, than less. And I, I understand what you guys do for your business. So uh, that is renting equipment, but let's, let's have an honest answer of, of how much equipment does a guy need? And does he really need to have that 5,000 CFM desiccant uh, waiting in the wings for that big event? 
Right. Um, I always tell my clients and, and the industry at large that, of course, you need to have your own equipment. Um, back in the day, um, it was he who owned the most equipment was the big bad boy on the block. And I think right. that that uh, mantra is, is kind of fading away. Um, I always recommend that have enough equipment to maintain your typical day-to-day operations and a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. We'll always have those uh, peaks. And then for when it gets really crazy, uh, look to partner to a company like DriveTech or another rental company that you can rely on for, for those surge events or big specialty situations. Okay. How many, how many other companies are there out there doing that? Uh, like us, I'm not uh, 100% sure in terms of counts, uh, but th- there's definitely uh, you know, in the zone of 10 to 12 large, large uh, rental companies that are, I would say, national Okay. Um, and then, and then you have a significant amount of regional, uh, type size rental companies and suppliers as well. So there's quite a few, there's quite a few. Good. Well, thank you for that. Let's get back to education and your dad then. What, uh, things are changing. I've, I've been in industry for 15 years. I've, I've been through the classes. I'm sure you've been through the classes, WRT, ASD, mm-hmm. all those other things. I have a sense that the way we get our education is changing. And I wondered if you might have some comments on that. Yeah, like there's, it's still the traditional, it's still classroom style settings. It's still the traditional uh, way to procure training uh, right now. I think it's starting to lean a little bit into the digital age, but we're definitely not there yet. Um, we're trying to push towards an environment where education can be procured through uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, so I think that's coming down the pipe in the next couple few years. But um, yeah, there's it's it's really we're still kind of waiting for the technology to catch up. But uh, yeah, are we talking about webinars, uh, video online video courses, things like that? There's definitely stuff like that out there. Um, and that's kind of the, the traditional stuff that we've all kind of seen. Um, what I'm more envisioning is something where you can put on an Oculus Rift mm-hmm. and, uh, step yourself into an environment and create scenarios for the, the user and run them through the gamut as if it's a real life deal. And it can be back through, uh, through deep learning type computers that can, that can instantaneously uh, grade and and throw situations at the user to to make it as real of an experience as possible. It's gonna, that's what we're that's where we're heading anyways at Restoration College. Okay, virtual dry houses. Yeah, so nice. you can create a high rise apartment. You can do a, a healthcare loss, a, you know, a trauma scene, a fire. You name it. Wow, that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be cool. Yeah. Well, I know you and I were geeking out a little bit, uh, showing how how technology uh, slanted we are. I, I was driving down <laughs> from Seattle for everyone out there. I was driving down from Seattle a couple of days ago, and and uh, had Kevin on the phone, and we went we went deep. We went deep into virtual reality and and artificial intelligence and self driving cars. But this technology is coming. That things are going to change. The way we get our information is going to change and whether we like it or not. So as an industry, I think it just helps to have a heads up of, hey, the traditional way of doing things is going to change, right? 
Most definitely. Um, we're seeing it in many other industries. Um, I was just reading an article the other day on FT.com and there's a lot of uh, hype around quote unquote the, the disruptors mm-hmm. and uh, industries getting quote unquote Ubered. Yep. And, uh, Uberfication. Uberfication. Yeah. And we were just talking about it uh, also when, on your drive there the other day, how Google is getting into the insurance game. Uh, I think they're testing out um, auto insurance in, in Europe somewhere. So it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I read an article on that last night, actually. So it confirmed that, you know, when self-driving cars are here, there's no need, no, has not as big a need for uh, car insurance. It's definitely going to change what what that change and end up ending product becomes. Who knows yet? But um, it's exciting and scary all at the same time from a restoration contractor's perspective. So. Um, I got some deep views on, on where that'll be heading, I think, in the next five to ten years. But it's uh, I think it's cool. Um, but I think restoration contractors need to be prepared for it. I'll be looking forward to that uh, that blog post on LinkedIn here next week then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I understand you guys are looking at uh, doing some innovative work when it comes to claims documentation and maybe moving that more online into the online space. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. And it kind of just piggybacks on what we were just um, talking about. And um, society in general is, and, and this has been going on for f- several years now, but more rapidly in the last couple few years as we move from what was known as the industrial age to now the digital age mm-hmm. and, and the advent of how fast sensors and chips and artificial intelligence and wearable technology and internet of things and all this stuff is progressing um i've my quest really started from uh how to support and add capacity to contractors and in terms of documentation um we're uh, we're building out a a web-based platform that'll help automate a lot of the stuff that happens in the field Mm. to capture all the things that we need to do and um and really help kind of streamline and make contractors more efficient and respond quicker to the increasing demands. Nice. Yeah. And I know that there are several players uh, coming out with stuff this year mm-hmm. along that vein. So this is going to be the year of automated documentation. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Uh, and it's only going to benefit the the contractors and the, and the little guys as well as the big guys is it more of a leveling the playing field? I hope so. I hope it really starts to uh, give um, give some capability and some uh, back to the contractors. They're struggling. I, I'm speaking for the the vendor managed contractors, anyways. Mm. They're struggling, and uh, they need these systems. Uh, the the burden that's being put on them. Uh, to document more, to handle more of the claim uh, administration that was typically done by insurers in the past, mm. it's just it's it's nuts. And you throw KPIs and all these other f- acronyms into the into the bag. <laughs> it's it's needed. It's it's a needed thing, and um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out to help support uh, these companies, kind of advance their businesses, if you will. Mm. Um, but but uh, hopefully we can be a help in that quest. 
yeah, you're talking about TPAs, program work, mm-hmm. uh, vendor requirements as far mm-hmm. as response times and documentation. And, and really, I've seen this over the last eight years or so oh. where vendors and service providers are asking to be being asked to be independent adjusters in their documentation stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really what it is. They're, they're they're putting the administrative burden on the contractors. Is is it in a nutshell? And and that, in conjunction with uh, squeezing the margins, mm. is making it more and more harder for restoration contractors to be profitable. Guys are getting killed, especially up where you're at, right? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking about that the other day, and they're into low single digit uh, bottom lines, and it's mm. in a business like this where it's so uh, volatile. You know huge huge demands of work and then long dry spells of no work just with climate change if you subscribe to that uh, yeah. kind of stuff and and it's it's so razor thin that when those slower times come how do these guys survive and it's, it's, it just doesn't make sense so the technology I believe is at least one of a few different ways where restoration contractors really need to up their game and, mm. and get with it because uh It'll help them lean out. It'll help them be more efficient and, and hopefully add a few percentiles down to their bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Every little bit helps. Uh, people sometimes have a tendency to look at the industry and say, oh, man, you guys are making tons of money. Well, the margins are necessary because the services that are provided are done in a more expensive way. You have to have people yeah. ready 24 hours a day. You have to respond in a given amount yeah. of time. And then you have to, you're right get through the dry spells and that just takes cash. You've got to make yeah. more money while you can because you know there's going to be a slow time. And no, well, let's not let's not get into the 60, 90, 120 day payouts, right? Yeah, well, yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't get me started. All yeah. right, let's keep moving so I don't get on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> this is the claim clinic. Let's give a prescription to what ills the restoration contractors, why don't you give us a nice piece of advice for a new restoration guy? Maybe he was a carpet cleaner last month. He's He's been asked by maybe a couple clients, hey, I think you'd be really good in the restoration space once you get into it. What's, uh, what's a piece of advice someone just getting into it? Wow, that's a loaded question, man. There's so many different things to really I know. We gotta throw pick out one, there. <laughs> um, really... Uh, not only do new restoration companies, this goes to all restoration companies, maintain agility, I think would be uh, up near the top. Mm, um, that's great. What's that look like? Keep your overheads as lean as possible. Um, you know, with the stuff we've just discussed in the last few minutes, these things are realities that are going to come. When? Mm. Who knows? It could be in a year. It could be in five. It could be in a decade. Um, but it is going to come. And... This industry is changing so fast that uh, a couple shifts could really impact uh, how restoration companies operate. And if you have big warehouses and big overhead and a lot of bureaucracy, um, it's hard to make those changes and it it could cripple a company. Mm -hmm. So the agility means just that lean restoration operations and, uh, and just really watch your cash, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. tough out there, on the, especially on the vendor manage uh, the vendor program type companies. If you right, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is uh, too many times 
companies I've worked for. You know, I've worked for eight different companies over the last 15 years. That's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> but at least three of them have gone under. And it's really, yeah. all cash flow related. Because they're it's not slow. They're not slow. They're, they they have all this work, but one way or the other, you always get behind the eight ball and they get buried because they can't collect it. Man, I got all over the U.S., all over Canada, through our training, through just companies that we support. It's the common theme. Like I hear it time and time again. They got receivables that are over a year old. Oh. Like it's crazy. And and we're not talking pennies here. This is no. hundreds of thousands, sometimes even millions of dollars. It's it's I don't know, man. There's 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 gonna be a change. What that change is gonna be, it's it's gonna be interesting. But uh Yeah, that seems to be a restoration time. restoration industry is is the sole victim of that. I they I don't see that in any other industry where where cash flow is is held up the way it is here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of it can be fixed. Um, I have some ideas on that. Um, it really boils down to transparency. I think technology can aid both insurers and the service providers. Um, it'll be interesting. I think we'll see something in the next few years that'll help hopefully uh, uh, cure some of those problems. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Kevin, we're right up against our time. I've got to go to the next thing. So how is uh, how was the best way to get a hold of you and get a hold of DryTech and learn more about you? Um, best way, uh, the drytechgroup.com is our website, 855-DRYTECH, spelled correctly, D-R-Y-T-E-C-H, rings direct to us. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so you can search me out. I would love to connect. Kevin Dooley at the DryTech Group. Okay. Also, our, our Twitter handle is also at the Dry Tech Group. So there's a, a slew of different ways. Nice, nice. I'll put all those in the links in the show notes and Sweet. things like that. So, well, thanks for coming on. It's great to talk to you. I look to look forward to having you on again when we can talk about uh, technology and things like that. How about that? I would love that, man. Awesome. All right, Kevin. Thanks again. This is the Claims Clinic. This is the Andy McCabe Claim Doctor. And take care. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us this week. This week's episode was brought to you by the 24-Hour Tech Training Manual. If you want to revolutionize your water mitigation processes to make more money, document losses professionally, and train your water technicians in just one day, you owe it to yourself to check out the 24HourTech.com. That's the 24HourTech.com. Until next week, stay warm, stay dry, Stay connected.